Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Goal Achievers. Hey, it's Hal Elrod. And before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to remind you last week, if you listened to last week's episode or read the email or any of that, you saw the newest book in the Miracle Morning series was released last week. Actually, it was released on Valentine's Day 2019. And that is the Miracle Morning for Couples Create Legendary Connection One Morning at a Time. If you are in a relationship, a marriage, any kind of relationship, or even if you're not, but you want to be the best you you can be so that when you find that relationship, if you're aspiring to find one, you are in a position to really thrive in that relationship. This book is for you, co-authored by Brandy and Lance Salazar with Honoré Corder. It is the best of the best of how you can engage with your partner in a way that creates a harmonious, a loving, a non-judgmental and um, what Brandy and Lance, my co-authors, call a legendary connection with your significant other. So check that out. It is available exclusively on Amazon.com. And you can get the Kindle, the paperback, or the audiobook. So whatever floats your boat, whatever is your favorite method, if you will. And now on to today's episode. Today is an interview with the one and only Kari Romeo. And if you don't know who Kari is, I'll tell you a little bit about her now. She, well, first and foremost, my connection with her, I've known her for a few years now. We met in 2017, I believe, 16 or 17. We talked about it in the episode, and I'm now forgetting. But Kari is a transformational life coach. She's a motivational speaker. She is a personal transformation and mindset seminar facilitator. And she shares her passion through speaking, writing, and coaching. Her TEDx talk introduced listeners to teach your inner critic a new story. And her newly published book, which I own, I am a fan of, and we're going to talk a little about today in the episode, as you'll hear, is called Becoming Beautiful, A Personal Journey Towards Happiness. And it explores her path to setting herself free so that you can do the same. And in today's episode, you're going to hear we talk about how to overcome really the two factors that hold most of us back from achieving our full potential, creating the life that we want, and that is simply our personal fears and our limiting beliefs. And Kari, you'll hear she explains it in a way where I really was really empowering for me to hear how she helps people to overcome personal fears, overcome limiting beliefs. And so I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode. And Kari, on another note, she also has her life coach training through Robbins Medane's life coach training program. She earned a bachelor's degree in human administration and a master's degree in human relations. And she is a veteran. She's a decorated veteran, in fact, of three military conflicts and has lived in Europe and Central America for many years. She is well-read, well-traveled. She is a beautiful soul. And I hope you enjoy today's conversation that I had with the one and only Kari Romeo. Kari, it is so great to talk to you. Well, it's nice to talk to you too, Al. Yeah, again, right? We know each other. So and some of my podcast guests, I mean, shoot, some are my like close friends and then some are uh, I've never met before. And uh, you and I have spent quite a bit of time together. So got, had some good conversations. So in fact, I think I got to know you. I think first was Best Year Ever Blueprint, the live event in 2017. Is that right? It was 2017. Um, I had found your book, The Miracle Morning. 
um, in 2016, like in October, November. And I recall, I read it like two times in a weekend and I thought I need to find out more. So I went to Best Year Ever Blueprint in November of 2016 and I was really excited to meet you. And of course, that was the year that you didn't come because you were a wee bit preoccupied. Mm. Um, With cancer, in case anyone listening isn't sure why why I wasn't at my own event. Uh, Yeah, I I was in the hospital. You were there. You were there on the video, which is stunning to think that you sat in the hospital room and live streamed us. It was crazy. Yeah. And that scene yeah, I, I remember you in 2017 at Best Year Ever Blueprint again. And so that was that was really good. And then I signed up for Quantum Leap Mastermind and got a chance to spend a little more time with you at our individual retreats. So that was great. I love it. So you've read The Miracle Morning and practiced actually twice in a weekend. You overachiever, Kari, you. Um, <laughs> and then came to the live event and joined the mastermind. So you're you're all in. I love it. No wonder we got so much time together. That makes sense. So you're an author now, which is so excited to talk about your book. But many people, I think, want to know about your Air Force career. I was reading your bio and I see that you've had many different careers. But being in the Air Force, can you tell me about that? What did you do in the Air Force? How did you end up there? What did you learn from that experience? I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, sure. Um, so I joined the Air Force when actually quite quite old. I was 23 years old when I joined. And um, this was this was back in the 80s. And uh, economics were a little challenging. And I, I couldn't get a college loan because my father made too much money, even though I didn't live with my dad. Um, and so I couldn't get into school. And I was pretty much aimless and heading down a path that was not good. Um, not good at all. Hmm. And so I joined the Air Force. Um, and I fell in love with it. I just loved the Air Force. I had, it was a family. There was a bonding. It was great. Real quick. Sorry to cut you off, Kari. You know, if you're open to sharing, but what was the path you were going down? Just because I'd love to have that context of kind of where you were headed and then where you ended up at the Air Force, like how that changed things for you. I was pretty much on the path to nowhere. I was hanging out with a crowd of people who were doing drugs and I'd started mm-hmm. to kind of experiment a little bit in that arena and um, liked it a little bit too much. And I, and I knew if I didn't get out, um, it, it wouldn't take very long for me to end up as, you know, just one of those people who ends up in the streets in a sad yeah. place. Um, I just knew I was heading that way. And I had a terrible self-image, felt, felt awful about myself. And it, it, it's so easy when you are surrounded by people who are in the same boat, feeling awful about themselves to just ride that boat right into hell. And uh, we were heading that direction and I knew I had to get out and I couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, My dad was a military man. My grandparents were military. And I thought, okay, I'll just join the military. I thought I'll do four years. I'll see if I can get a degree and then I can come out and get a real job. Um, And then I went in and People showed me respect and they treated me well. Um, I was part of a group. Uh, And what I found out is I was also pretty good in the leadership department. So I got put in charge of all these people who were struggling through basic training and I was able to help them. And I was in my element. I just, all of a sudden I found, I found my footing and I turned around and headed down a different path. Um, So I stayed in the military. I did end up getting a degree and then I became an officer. I was a logistics officer. So I took care of uh, people's mobility equipment, uh, aircraft parts, you know, uniforms and toilet paper. I kind (laughs) of did it all. And uh, I loved that. I got the opportunity uh, to go to the Persian Gulf, uh, the first one. 
that was really interesting and certainly a, a, a test of my leadership skills, but it was a lot of fun too. So yeah, my, my military career was great. I, I grew by leaps and bounds. Um, so it was interesting because the Miracle Morning for me gave me what I didn't have, which was structure to my morning. I'd always gotten up early because of my military background, um, but it was unstructured. And you gave me some structure and the last three years have really been life-changing because of that. And how long were you in the Air Force? I actually retired from the Air Force, but I retired early. Uh, I retired at 16 years because there was a drawdown in my career field. Hmm. And so I was offered the opportunity to retire. And at the time, uh, it was the right choice for myself and my family. So I still miss it. But yeah, that's I, I got out in 1998. I retired. In 98. And I know, I know that career, I would imagine it gave you the opportunity to travel. And now you not only have written a book, you do some coaching for people. Did your travels affect how you work with people today? You know, I've heard you talk about that in the past that your travels had some sort of impact in how you coach people. Can you talk about that? Yes. Um, people tend to fear what they don't understand. And, you know, lately I've just, I hear people talk about different cultures um, in a derogatory manner sometimes. And I think if you just knew, if you went to see that they're people just like you, um, with their own issues, with their own joys, with their own, what would you call it, uh, cultural norms. And when you, when you travel and you start seeing that people may do something different than you do it, but they're the same as you, they're, they're human beings, it, it does make a difference. Um, yeah. I think I've, I've learned so much from my travels and, and seeing the extraordinary love people have for each other in any culture. Um, yeah. I, I think traveling really opens up people's mind. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm actually working on my second book, um, which is going to be titled The World as I See It, at least as I've seen, about my travels and about the culture and, and about opening your eyes to letting go of the fear of the unknown and instead embracing the wonder what might be possible in different cultures. I love that. And what you said about how when you travel and you see these different cultures, you see that, wow, there are differences. And I even see that in the US, right? If you're like, you know, California is different from New York, different from Texas, right? I mean... Oh, absolutely. Um, but I love what you said about, you know, that, yeah, that we're all human beings, right? There's so much more in common. You know, I just think it's silly when people find differences and then use that as fuel for whether it's hatred or condemnation or, you know, political differences, religious differences, cultural differences, racial differences. It's like, no, 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 no. We're all human beings. Who cares? Like, that's all just like, you know, it's, to me, it's petty stuff. And we, rather than finding differences that separate us, finding the commonalities that unite us, you know, that's what I took from what you said. That's so important. It's just so important. And you can also learn so many fun things. I mean, just little, little ways that people cook or the way they might, you know, their life hacks, as it were, um, there's just so much to learn and we are a global society anymore. It's, it's not the U.S. versus everybody else. You think about silly things like no televisions are made in the United States. They're made all over the world. Same with yeah. aircraft parts. So how can we be so isolated? We can't. We have to, we have to embrace the whole world. Yeah. Being that this is the Achieve Your Goals podcast, I think that one of... Because I've heard you talk about this before. And what I'm talking about is, I think one of the biggest things that holds us back, if not the like the primary thing that holds us back, is our limiting beliefs and our fears. Right? Absolutely. We all 
want to accomplish, you know, we all have goals and dreams and visions of what's possible. And if, if there was nothing to fear, we'd pursue anything and everything if we knew we could accomplish it. But we have a fear of failure, fear of success, right? There's all sorts of fears. And then the other part of that is the limiting beliefs of, well, like, who am I to achieve that or accomplish that? I think that most of us, if we don't have some sort of evidence, you know, real concrete evidence that, hey, that goal, if I pursue it, I'm going to achieve it, right? So to me, there's like, there are two sides of kind of the same coin of fear on one side, and then the limiting beliefs that we have of our worthiness, our ability to achieve and experience the things that we want. And I know you are passionate about helping people to let go of their personal fears, let go of their limiting beliefs. And you speak from experience about this. So what's your coaching on that? How do you help people overcome limiting beliefs, overcome fears? And I know that's you know, talked about in your new book. Yes, this is something I'm truly passionate about. Mostly what I try to help people do is I help them, I, I help them first of all, become aware of their limiting and beliefs. Um, number, many people kind of just coast through life doing, they're on the treadmill, they're, they're on the little hamster wheel trying to get through their work, trying to get through their day. And when they start thinking about their dreams, they, they frequently just talk themselves out of even trying new things or even asking for a promotion or even asking for a new job or asking a girl or a boy out on a date because they're, they're afraid that some, something in the back of their head says, hey, I'm not worthy. I, I can't do this. What if they laugh at me? So, so one of the first things I do is I help people sort of dig deep and, and figure out what their limiting beliefs are by paying attention to their words. Um, what are the common things that you say? Listen to your self-word. I can't, I couldn't, I mustn't, I should, I have to. And slow them down and say, okay, well, let's let's just back that up and turn that around to more go words. Like what what might happen? What could happen? Um, I find that a lot of people, um, they go through a whole what-if scenario. What if this goes wrong? What if this um, makes me look foolish? What if they laugh at me? And I always tell them, answer the question. Hmm. Just answer the question. Yeah. What if you laugh? What happens? Well, I'll feel uncomfortable. Okay. So you'll feel uncomfortable, but you'll get past that. Yeah. And when they, when they break it down like that, all of a sudden, it's not as scary. And then I say, now take that what if and make it positive. What if they don't laugh at me? What if they listen intently? What if I get the job? What if I get the promotion? Now they're starting to visualize. Now they're starting to create that energy that draws in energy that's like it. It changes the possibility. And you can't, you can't be curious and excited and be fearful at the same time. Yeah. So that's part one and part two. I'll just finish real quick. Yeah, yeah. Gratitude. You just got to find gratitude. You say, okay, my body is telling me something. This fear is telling me something. What is it? I'm, I'm grateful that I'm awake enough to listen. I'm grateful I'm awake enough to try to figure it out. And so you start hanging out in gratitude and positivity and your opportunities begin to open up for you because you can now see them. You're not mired in a cloak of dark fear. That's so empowering. And it just shows for all of us that, well, Wayne Dyer said it really well, right? When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Absolutely. You know, and so it's like when you look at something you're afraid of and you ask, well, what if? What's the worst case scenario? And you go, yeah, what if that happened? And you go, yeah, could I handle that? Yeah. Right. Is the juice worth the squeeze kind of thing? Right. It's like, well, yeah, if that's the worst case scenario, but then what's the best? And I love that. What if it goes well? What if I actually achieve it? What would my life be like then? You know, and then you actually look at the other side and you go, and then that, like you said, it creates, it's exciting. 
when it comes to limiting beliefs, do you believe that somebody can get rid of a limiting belief altogether? Or is it that the limiting belief is still there, but they're just operating in the face of it despite it anyway, right? I mean, like I've got this limiting belief that I'm not good enough, but I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Or there's limiting belief that I can't accomplish this, but I'm going to try anyway. So is it the limiting belief is there and they're working, they're just doing things despite it, or can they get rid of it altogether? I don't think we can ever get rid of any of our fears. I love what Dr. Sean Stevenson said at our last Best Year Ever Blueprint. He said, your insecurities will always be with you, but how you manage those is really what what drives the train. Mm. Um, I believe we have layers upon layers of insecurities, limiting beliefs, and so forth, because as children, we tend to pick these up. We assign meaning to events, whether it's right or wrong. And then that becomes our sort of misguided navigational map that we use to negotiate life. Um, but, but as you become more aware of them, then when they creep up again, when you've surmounted one fear uh, and things are cruising along, then, then you hit another valley and, and you experience and you can say, ah, I'm experiencing a new fear. Now you can get curious. What's this all about? What am I, what, are, what do I need to learn in this moment? So no, I don't think limiting beliefs ever go completely away. What I think is your ability to take care of them and to handle them in a more appropriate manner becomes the norm as opposed to the exception. Does that make sense? It, it totally makes sense. And I really resonated, you know, when you said, well, I guess you were quoting Sean Stevenson saying about your insecurities don't go away. You just learn how to manage them. I try to share my insecurities with people all the time. I was being interviewed like an hour ago by Pat Flynn. I was teaching the miracle equation. I was all excited about, you know, sharing that. And I was like, it really, you know, I sound very certain because I am, but I was like, hey, let me pause just so you guys know, like, like my mindset's not this bulletproof mindset. I have fears and insecurities every day that I have to work through and manage. No. So to your point is that, yes, you're learning how to handle. It's kind of like fear. Like I teach my kids, right? Is that courage is not the absence of fear, right? It's you're doing the things you're afraid of, even though you're still afraid. And the more you do them, the less afraid you get, right? Which like to your point, I think the more you act in the face of your limiting beliefs, the smaller they become. They never go away, right? Okay. But you're learning how to manage them. And you learn that, oh, I had that limiting belief and then I did the thing that I was afraid of and then I over- actually achieved a result that I wanted. Wow, huh, maybe I'm not so incapable of, you know, as I thought that I was. And by the Can way, I one... hear about one okay. thing about this? Yeah. Um, it's important to note when we're working on our limiting beliefs, a couple of things. First of all, fear is a normal part of us and it's actually there for a purpose. It's when it's out of control and out of proportion that it becomes a problem. So fear keeps us in a place of discernment on how we move forward. Um, so I, I just want that put out there because it's important that we, you know, not say I'm going to cross the street and not look both ways because I'm not going to be afraid. You know, you have to have some fear in order to pay attention to life and not get yourself run over. Sure. Um, but the second thing is, is that as you're working with your limiting beliefs, it's interesting that the people around you um, will also have to deal with your limiting beliefs. And, and I'll, I want to try to make this make sense. When I started writing my book, um, my family, I, I just told everybody I was writing a book. I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book. And they were like, yeah, okay, you know, great. You know, and they didn't put much stock into it because, well, you know, I don't, I don't know that they had the same belief yet that I had something to say that was worth saying. Hmm. As I began to write it and share parts of it with them, first of all, it's a deeply personal book as, as well as one that's, that's for people. 
Um, so I had to share some of the parts of it with my family. And it was very interesting because it's sort of not forced. That's the wrong word. But it invited them to look at their own limiting beliefs. And we had some interesting times in our house while we were working through my book. So it wasn't just me working on my limiting beliefs. It was on also drawing the people in my life to understand and help me overcome the fears as well. Hmm. We don't live in a bubble. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're right. Well, I want to talk about the book. I just realized I think I've failed to mention the title up until this point. So if you're on pins and needles, like, what's your book? What's it called? Although I'm sure it's going to be featured in the email. So people will see that. But uh, it's called Becoming Beautiful, A Personal Journey Towards Happiness. So first question, I always ask this to authors, like, was it always a goal for you to write a book? I have wanted to write a book for many, many years. But the book that actually came out is much different than the one I had anticipated writing. Um, And I think a lot of authors will tell you that they start writing, um, especially if it's something that's personal, uh, and they'll have an idea. And as you write, it sort of morphs into something different. And I I truly believe that mine morphed into something more valuable for my mission, which is uplifting people and helping them learn to love themselves so that they can find joy in life. Um, So yeah, it, it, it started out as something quite different, but I'm really happy with what it turned into. Um, and if I can just put a plug, I'll tell you what it is. And Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Elevator speech for my book. Please. My book is Becoming Beautiful, A Personal Journey Towards Happiness is a, my story of transformation from living a life with uh, a poor self-image fueled by limiting beliefs and fears to creating a life of joy and happiness. And through sharing my story, um, my journey, if you will, with my family and my careers and my marriages, um, I invite the reader to look at their own limiting beliefs. And and then I offer them some opportunities to shift their perspective to something more empowering and more joyful. So that's really what the intent of my book is. That's beautiful. And it's universal, right? I think, I mean, you're speaking to me when you talk about what the book's about and what it does for people. And I think that you're probably speaking to, you know, 90% of our listeners. Now, so I have a mission statement, if you will, for the Miracle Morning, right? It's to raise the consciousness of humanity one morning at a time or elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning at a time. Do you have a mission or a mission statement, if you will, for the book? You know, what's your goal in getting this out to the world? My goal is to help people identify and eliminate limiting beliefs so that they can live more joyfully in all areas of their life. Hmm. Um, I listened to your podcast the other day about loving yourself and what really, what really was the catalyst to make me move forward on writing this book was, was something that happened uh, five years ago. Um, There was, I was working in a health food store and I was working in the health and beauty section of this health food store. And a woman came in quite an attractive woman actually. And she was in her sixties. She had just retired and she was complaining about her skin and her hair and as women will do sometimes. (laughs) And I, I walked over to a mirror and I said, I want you to look in the mirror and say, hello, gorgeous to yourself. And she couldn't do it. And she burst into tears. She literally couldn't say the words. And I, I understood that because I used to be exactly the same way. So I started asking people, I, I did this for like a year. I just started asking people, could you look yourself in the mirror and say, I love you or hello, gorgeous. And I can count on one hand, the number of people who said yes. And I'm not exaggerating. Hmm. Um, most people say, well, you know, I'm okay, you know, or what have you. And 
I truly believe that when we learn to love ourselves, when we let go of all the negative junk that we cart around, the judgment, uh, the self-judgment, the self-hate, the self-loathing, when we let that go, we light up inside. And what happens is that then we can be of so much more valuable service to the world because we're not focused on ourselves anymore in a, in a negative way. We're open to shine our light for other people. And, you know, I really believe if we want to be of service to the world, truly, that we have to let go of our fears, our limiting beliefs. We have to start with loving ourselves. And that opens up so many doors. It's really true. And that was a big lesson for me on my cancer journey, which is I realized, I read a book, I forgot what it's called, but I read a couple books actually about self-love and just realized that that was a huge area of improvement for me. And I think, right, or you caught that, I'm sure, on the last episode about loving yourself, right? Looking yeah. in the mirror after I take a shower, totally naked. Just being like, I love you, buddy. I love you. are doing great. You're working hard, you know? Like just giving yourself credit for all that you've done and all that you're doing versus, you know, beating yourself up for what you haven't done or what you're not doing, your faults and your shortcomings. And we all have both. But your quality of life really hinges on what you're focused on. Yeah, I love that. This is kind of a quick side tangent. A lot of our listeners want to write books. Is there anything else in, you know, I know you shared a little bit of your, that journey for you. Anything else in terms of uh, how you went about writing a book, you know, turning it from a dream, which I think according to USA Today, 80 plus percent people have in this country or uh, I don't know in the world. But uh, how do you turn it from a dream into a reality? Is there anything else, any other tips on that? Couple things. Um, first of all, the the best way to write a book is you've got to sit down and start writing. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's the big one that people uh, don't do. I actually spent uh, about two or three months uh, every day. I would sit down and for thirty minutes, I'd set a timer. I'd turn on my computer and I hit start when the word document was open, and I wrote. I just wrote. Um, there are a variety of other things you can you can use Rev. There's a couple different ones that you could do voice recorders and then yeah. transcribe. There's there's and all sorts you're of just ways. for our listeners, that's Rev the app R E V or Rev.com, I think, right? That's right. Right. And yeah. it's a buck a minute, it's worth it. So it at least gets something on paper that you can work around and edit. The the second thing that helped me write my book was uh, I actually read a book by Brendan Burchard called The Millionaire Messenger. And in that, that he said, every message needs multiple messengers. And that really struck me because most people who want to write a book, the very next thought in their mind is, who would listen to what I have to say? It's that whole imposter syndrome thing. And the fact of the matter is, you you have a message, Hal, that you want to uplift the world, you know, one morning at a time, uplift the consciousness of the world. Well, mine's very similar. And there are going to be people who listen to you because you resonate with them. And there will be people who listen to me because I resonate with them. The message is very, very similar. And so I say to everybody who wants to write a book, write it. If you're being called to write a book, get it on paper. Somebody needs to hear what you have to say. And I, I told somebody the other day, actually, I told a Women's Impact Network here in Coeur d'Alene, I was speaking there, and I said that your purpose is not so much to accomplish something. Your purpose is to be who you are in your authentic self. Mm. And I think when we're being authentic, that's when our message gets out to the world. So writing a book, if you're called to write a book, sit down and do it. There's so many different um, helping aids out there to be able to do it. But somebody needs to hear what you have to say. If you're being called to write it, write it. 
I, you know, I couldn't agree more. And I, I believe that everybody has a book in them. I think that at the very least, you just write it so that like for me as a parent, you know, my kids, like all the greatest, right? Of course, if you write a book, you usually put your best wisdom in there, your greatest life lessons, right? And being able to leave that impact on the world or on your family, right? For your children, yeah. whomever it is. Remember Mike Koenig? Koenig. Koenig, sorry. It looks like Koenig's, but it's Koenig. I think it's Koenig's, yeah. He's a good buddy. I should, I'm almost positive it's Koenig's, but get, go yeah. ahead. He said everybody has five books in them. Mm, there you go. I love it. You know, so yeah, it's, it's fun stuff. Um, I found writing the book to be really, really uh, cathartic, um, encouraging, and I'm so proud of it. And it's so much fun. I'm having more fun marketing the book than anything. Yeah. Um, I really am. Uh, That's people great. go, Oh, you you wrote a you wrote a book? I mean, really? You wrote a book? Um, probably the funnest thing was the day it came on Amazon and I walked into my mother. I take care of my mother who lives with me. She's infirmed and and I walked in and I brought her the Amazon page that had my book on it. And she went, Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow, that's that's your book. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. What a moment, right? What a moment. Yeah, it was way cool. That's great. So what's next on your journey? You, so you've got the book, Becoming Beautiful, Personal right. Journey Towards Happiness. And what's next on your journey? Well, what I'm working on right now is uh, obviously marketing the book itself, because when you're self-published, nobody's going to do it for you. Yeah. Um, Even if you're traditionally published, just so you know, you still have to do it. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm putting the book out there. Uh, it's more about putting the message out there than putting the book out there. Um, unless you're, you know, JK Rowling's, you're not going to get rich writing too many books. But um, anyway, my, my goal is to put the book out there, put my message out there. I am working on uh, speaking, doing more speaking engagements. Um, I've done a few. I did a TEDx talk in Coeur d'Alene. I've been speaking to some local organizations. So I'm kind of working on putting, marketing myself in that way. Uh, and then I'm writing another book right now. So, um, and I have a third one. I have all sorts of mind maps all over my wall behind me. And nice. so, yeah, so I'm playing around doing that and just having fun. Good for you. Well, that's beautiful. You're following your passion. You're following, right? You're, what you've done is you've taken your personal fears and your limiting beliefs as you help other people do in this book, right? And you've mm -hmm. pushed them aside and you've said, I'm going to do it anyway, right? I'm going for it. Yeah. That is, that is yeah. beautiful. So, the book is Becoming Beautiful, A Personal Journey Towards Happiness once again. And where can people find it? And where can they find you? Um, they can find it in a variety of different places. Of course, it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press Catalog. Um, and I also sell it on my own website, which is conquerlifecoaching.com. Conquerlifecoaching.com. Okay. Yeah. My TED Talk's also on there. And I write a blog as well called Thoughts on Life, which is also on uh, www.conquerlifecoaching.com. And I also have a Facebook community um, for women who are learning to love themselves um, called Conquer Life Community, uh, Facebook Conquer Life Community. And yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Beautiful, Kari. Well, you are a beautiful soul. And I sensed that from the first time that we met. You radiate that inner joy that you've work so hard to develop and now are paying forward and through your book, Becoming Beautiful, helping other people to create that for themselves. So thank you so much for what you're doing in the world. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing and for creating a community that's, boy, you want to write a book? Go join Best Year Ever Blueprint. I guarantee you, you'll walk out of there ready to write. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of people come out of the event and that was their goal that they'd been putting off and they went to the event and they're like, I'm doing it. This is the year, right? This is the year I'm writing the book. So yeah, and you're yeah. one of those. So one of those folks. So that's fantastic. Well, 
it's been a pleasure and uh, I appreciate you. And uh, Goal Achievers, that one and only Kari Romeo, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Go grab her book, check it out, go to Amazon, Becoming Beautiful, A Personal Journey Towards Happiness. And uh, let me know what you think. I think you're going to really, you know, if you deal with any personal fears or limiting beliefs, which is, oh, every one of us, right? <laughs> uh, it's going to be a great read for you. So Goal Achievers, I love you and I appreciate you. Kari, I love you and I appreciate you. I love you too, Hal. Awesome. Thank well, and you I talk- so much. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm so glad we could do this. We've been talking about it. We had to reschedule a couple of times and I'm like, I'm sorry, I got to reschedule again, but I'm glad. It's all uh, good. I always, one of my mentors used to always say, in God's perfect timing, like if everything happens in the perfect timing, you just have to, you know, wait for it and have faith in it and be patient. So I think today was perfect. So awesome. Well, I look forward to uh, hearing feedback from our listeners on how they enjoy your book. And uh, I will see you at the next QLM retreat in Austin next month. I hope so. Awesome. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 